Welcome to the Style Farm Happy Hour. What are we drinking, guys? Uh, I have some water. I don't know what you guys have. You're a lush. I've got some of the larceny. <laughs> and I've got uh, Hall's cough drops. <laughs> That's a good one. Water so far. I don't know if I'll touch anything yet, but it is in front of me, in front of me and tempting me. So I don't know. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks I'm the co-host because there are many other hosts here. I'm Peter. Who else do we have here? Um, I'm Jamie Ferguson. And uh, Mila Betty, And Robert Spangle. Ava Kuehl. And I'm really happy that you guys came because we're going to nerd out on photography. You guys have been... I've been following you guys for a long time and really like each of your personalities and how they come through in your photography. What What is your process for taking pictures? Is it just turn on the camera and start shooting? Mila. Well, yeah, sometimes it really depends on what I'm shooting. Uh, when it's street style and, uh, you know, then I'm just trying to look for interesting characters. I try not to focus too much on the clothes uh, or as much as I should, but uh, I feel like it's kind of like a whole picture thing where, you know, it's about the way a person walks, the way a person looks, the way they have their hair. Um, it could be a really weird style that I'm not even into, but uh, if they're pulling it off in a way, that'd be interesting to me. Uh, a lot of the stuff I shoot is very light driven. If I see there's good lighting somewhere at a spot, I'll try to take a shot over there with something somehow because I just feel like I can't miss that opportunity of getting that good lighting. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you just you just shoot stuff and then you look at it later and oh, that turned out pretty good or I wasn't, you know, it's a lot of stuff that you're not expecting or you edit in a certain way and it turns out pretty okay. Okay. What about you, Jim? Um, yeah, like Milad said, it obviously like professionally it'll depend a lot upon what client you're working for, what kind of environment you're in um, and what you're kind of doing on the day to day. But then a lot of what I kind of look for kind of throughout that would be um, I, <laughs> laughs and smiles. Like I love, oh. there's so much seriousness in menswear That's a lot true. of the time that I love kind of just seeing those moments of like levity or people just seeing friends or whatever. And yeah. obviously an environment where there's like large gatherings or whatever, like you're able to kind of capture that and stuff like that. Um, there's or nothing... even just trying to achieve that when you're kind of, um, you know, doing the assignments or doing the projects. Yeah, there's nothing like a spontaneous smile. Yeah, and so a lot of the times my process can be a little weird where you're just kind of, it's nice where you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and then, you know, trying to get them to crack a smile. And at times that can be easy, at times it can be awkward. It's good if you have a personal relationship as well, like if you've right. met them a few times or whatever, or familiar with who they are. Yeah. What about you, Robert? Uh, for me, I think I'm, I'm a firm believer in immersing myself in an environment and then just trying to stay as reactive as I can. Um, what what do you react to? I think the first thing is normally silhouette. That's like the first thing that I notice and I can gauge in myself a pretty strong gut reaction to that. And I try not to think of it too much more than necessary. If I feel that kind of uh, that instinct, then I just take a photo. Um, it's easy to get away from that and become uh, think about it too much or become cynical. I want to start looking for like really specific details, but uh, at best, it's just being immersed in an environment and remaining very, very focused and reactive. Yeah, you went to Nagaland, and yep. 
that, 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 I think it, you immersed yourself there pretty well. I'm surprised you didn't come back. Well, I think the... the Wielding uh, a machete. <laughs> I tried, but TSA didn't like that. Um, oh, you didn't get to bring your machete back? No, it's still there. You got to put it on And they don't have, you know, FedEx or anything like that out there. Well, that, that, I think that's kind of... Uh, I think that's an example of like how I prefer to work because if you're immersed in a really foreign environment, it takes so much of your focus. So much is unfamiliar and you're kind of unsure of the ground you're standing on. Mm-hmm. So you really, really have to focus and it uh, demands all of your attention and then you're very, very, um, you're by default very, very reactive. Uh, very reactive and very instinctive, which is good. And I think the first few times I came to Europe and, and Italy and places like that, that was an incredibly foreign experience to me, having never really been in Europe before. Mm-hmm. And now that I've gotten used to that, now I have to go like a little bit, a little bit farther and a little bit mm. deeper. May, sorry, may I ask? I'm like, I'm curious if like do you find you're doing more kind of assignments or projects like that, just purely because I know like the Nagaland project, like the Matador series you've been doing, and then also I can't remember the name of the Florentine sport that kind of right um, kind of know, mur- murder ball or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I love seeing that because like <laughs> yeah. you capture that those types of environments so so well, and I'm yeah. like, no, I mean, I see, and I feel like I'm seeing more of that from you. I mean, I think in photography, like you always have to, you always have to chase your rabbit, right? Mm. Like you, something gets you into photography if you come in based on a, on an interest, not just like loving photos. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you're going to understand that, and you need to go, you need to take it farther, or you're going to get bored. Get bored, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, a lot of my work has gone that way. But it's the same, different subjects, different locations, but the same approach, mm-hmm. the same, the same process. Yeah. What lens? Did you use there? Did you pack a, a wide-angle lens so you could get more of the environment for that specific it's, trip it's, to Nagaland? I think a lot of people would have uh, stuck really, really wide for something like that, like a 35 or a 28. Yeah. Um, I've never used those lenses. Mm-hmm. Starting off in fashion, I think we all favor an 85. Right. And that's a really, it's a really flattering lens. It's a portrait lens. But if you go from that to a 35, it seems... It looks like a fun house. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> Weird perspectives. So most of the time I had a 55 for my Leica and a 90 ASPH. Okay. And that's what I stuck to most of the time. I think a majority of it, I think it was a pretty pretty even mix between 90 and 55. Yeah. Um, just on the, there was a lot of different backgrounds. There was a lot of shooting in really dark places and there was even mm. a little bit of uh, landscape. Yeah. yeah. Is that your favorite lens right now, the 90? It's my favorite lens, um, but I don't get to use it that often. That's all yeah. my Leicas. I, Leicas I don't get to use all the time. I'm yeah. still using my 85 more than anything else. But it's my favorite lens, yes. Okay. And what about you, Milad? What's your favorite lens? Uh, yeah, like Rob mentioned, I mean, the 85, uh, 85 millimeter is probably, you know, one of the best choices for this kind of photography. Uh, I kind of invested in a pretty expensive 85 for my Canon, the, the F1.2, a while back. And... Uh, then after a while, a while after that, I couldn't really afford to buy any more lenses because it's so expensive. <laughs> so I just end up using that a lot, and I've gotten so used to it that I kind of also really like this limitation of having a fixed lens. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people maybe use seventy two hundreds or zoom lenses in street photography, and it's it's really good because you know you have you have a lot more options, but that limitation kind of makes you work harder in a different way. You know, if you mm. see something, it's a little further away, you got to run, you know, otherwise you got backhand. And I kind of liked how that affected how I took photos. 
Uh, it's very heavy and it's a little slow on the focus. So recently I did switch back to 7200, uh, which I've been shooting uh, this week with. And uh, I'm still trying to get the hang of it a little bit. Just, you know, the whole zoom and focus because I haven't done it in years. Uh, not this way, not on the run. But yeah, the 85, I, I love the bouquet in it. So I love the shallow depth of field. And you don't mind running around to get that No, shot. it's again, you know, again, it's just, just a little heavy and a little slow on the focus. But otherwise, it's, <laughs> it's uh, the one I have. It's, it's, one of my, it's, probably, my, so it's probably my favorite. Use it. It's definitely the one I use the most. I mean, I think yeah. something like 80, 90% of all the shots I've, I've taken last couple of years are with oh, nice. that lens. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? Um, yeah, primarily, as Mila mentioned, I've been using the 70 200. Um, I like that just with the way I kind of approach shooting people is I found that when I was uh, using a 50 mil, like there was a lot of, yeah, especially when you're shooting street style, like I'm a little uncomfortable. I didn't necessarily want to kind of be stopping people all the time and be right. like, excuse me, you know, just to make sure you can get in closer. And I didn't necessarily like going up and just shooting people without kind of almost saying something. So this allows me to be a bit, cre a bit creepy and step so back. <laughs> um, it just allows me to kind of step back and then I found, and also to be able to capture those kind of the candid moments that I'm kind of looking for um, being having a lens out of somebody's face and they're not aware of it just means that um, they're kind of they are reacting naturally to things in their environment rather than stopping somebody and saying like can I take your portrait because then they immediately get stiff and kind right. of and so I, I, like a lot of the guys that, uh, a lot of the stuff that I shoot and a lot of people that I work with you know they're not necessarily professional models so being able to you know, having that zoom capability on the lens and being so being able to step back and getting that lens out of their face and just making them feel a little more comfortable rather than being right up in their, um, in their grill, so to speak. <laughs> Catch the spinach in their teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had a quick question. So, uh, you know, a lot of our a lot of our readers are kind of like aspiring uh, aspiring style photographers themselves. Um, and uh, I always see when they're looking to post fit photos, um, a lot of guys just feel awkward with um, what they should do, <laughs> like with their hands, how they should stand. Uh, would you have any tips for the kind of average guy out there who want to take better, better <laughs> photos in his favorite sport coat about how he should stand or how he should look? Robert, you wanted some help with this as well, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still don't like photos of myself. It's what? hard. It's hard to. I think this is a really hard thing to kind of give advice about because for mm. me, this is such. I like. I find this such a foreign kind of concept. I'm still. So my my advice would almost be like, don't take fit. <laughs> like that would be the advice. It's that, like I kind of understand it, but like the like this kind of world that's kind of being created through social media and stuff, and you know, and I. But at this, on the other hand, I do kind of understand uh, guys wanting to be able to share pictures of themselves and what they're wearing and stuff like that and like their kind of style. I mean, it, it's kind of. My advice would be similar to kind of a few things that we've touched on is like try to find somewhere with like nice and nice natural light if you can. Um, I mean, again, I find it's so strange recommending something like this, but obviously if you're able to shoot hands-free, so put something on a tripod and do it remotely, like obviously that's going to make it a little easier for you to look natural in the shot rather than mm -hmm. holding a phone or a camera. Yeah, but again, I'm like, I find again, find this really strange. <laughs> like, right. like that, I got to set up, and yeah, because that's obviously a lot more work involved as well. Um, but I mean, that's two things I'd kind of maybe say could help. Yeah, I think a lot of people taking fit photos, uh, maybe that are not photographers, they're trying to focus a lot on you know getting the clothes to look perfect yeah. or right or the way they should, and um, that in combination, you know, if somebody else is shooting you, that is something I I realize myself. If somebody realizes I'm shooting them. You know, they usually, if they're not super comfortable with it, they get a little, you know, stiff and right. they get a little too serious yeah. because they think that's how they need to pose for a photo or look for a photo. You know, they're 
really mm-hmm. straight back and the and that that usually has the absolute opposite effect for yeah. me at least i i really my subjects i try to get them you know just relax drop your shoulders you know give me a little slouch just if you're if you're walking <laughs> right. don't do it too stiff just walk like you usually do because that's that's the cl- and the clothes you know will follow the form of how you're standing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Give me a slouch. <laughs> yeah, feel, just, like, just, just all I can think of is just like thrusting. Forward. Like, <laughs> I, is this like is this enough of a slouch? <laughs> and it's the same thing yeah. with the fit more photos. Of a you know, it's uh, <laughs> so all, always a little bit more slouch. Always a little good? more slouch. Well, it's actually it's a little bit um, some advice that that I've that I've come by or received or seen in other capacities. Some of it comes from tailoring, mm-hmm. which is like when I was studying tailoring, we were always taught when we were doing fittings to tell to tell whoever the client is like relax, stand like you normally do. As soon as you're before other people and being examined, you always have <laughs> you know abnormal abnormally good posture. Um, and you're gonna stand in a really rigid way and kind of puff your chest out, and that's just that's like the human reaction. Um, and it's also kind of the last time you should do that because your clothes are not going to fit you correctly if they're fitted to that moment of, of uh, mm. puffing your chest out in this kind mm. of inaccurate posture. Um, so I think it's important, like, if you're trying to take a photo of yourself, like, it should be a natural photo, right? Stand as you normally yeah. do. Um, I know from working with a lot of models, um, a lot of times early in their career, they're told, like, spend a lot of time in front of the mirror, which sounds... Totally ridiculous and, and, and <laughs> fulfills a lot of jokes about male models. But uh, it was explained they're, to they're me that... They're just ridiculously good looking. <laughs> just really fall in love with that, fall in love with that man in the mirror, right? But the, <laughs> the reason that they're told to do this is so you can have like an insecure 17-year-old kid who's about to hit the runways, uh-huh. get more comfortable with the attention and the way he looks um, uh-huh. and just uh, yeah. his, his own image. And I think, that, I think that works. I've never tried it, but I think that works. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, and... Um, I should say, should you be so lucky, but have someone you love take the photo. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's someone true. it's someone you trust and they see they're gonna see the best in you. So they're yeah. not, you know, they're not putting you on. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah being like, being natural and looking comfortable is really yeah. such is really the key. And uh, I know it's always such a trope with Pity Uomo photos that like seventy percent of them are guys walking, you know, like right. people very purposely purposefully yeah. striding towards the towards the entrance. But people but do look generally better if yeah. they're moving and if the clothes have some kind of action to them. Well especially and, especially with men, like motion is kind of in our nature. Motion is a sense of purpose, right? Yeah. So if you give a guy a physical direction, walking, climbing, something like that, like he's focused on that. Mm much Rather more than, than like the confrontation with yeah. the camera or the lens of the yeah. photographer. Yeah. So it happens to be that a lot of photos that come out of pity are guys walking or gesticulating mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, because they're in that motion, they're in the act of walking, they're in conversation with someone, mm-hmm. and they're not noticing the camera or the photographer. Right. So that, that makes a lot of sense. The Style Forum Happy Hour is sponsored in part by Vanda Fine Clothing. With humble beginnings selling hand-rolled pocket squares on Style Forum's classified section, Diana and Gerald Chen founded Vandafine Clothing in 2011, specializing in neckties, pocket squares, and bow ties. Each six or four-fold necktie is made to your specifications and constructed with a lightweight and natural feel to highlight the quality of their fabrics. Their products are entirely handcrafted one piece at a time and they can be purchased on bandafineclothing.com with free shipping worldwide. What about photographers that have inspired you in the past? Maybe 
ones from the military or ones that were specialized in street photography or ones that were fashion photographers? What ones have inspired you or what was the one that did inspire you to get into this field? And that's a that's a tough one. I'm, uh, that's, I mean, you know, I've, uh, for me, for me, just like anything, anything visuals always been, you know, what what I'm, I have a background in architecture, and uh, I've always been, you know, in, in contact with a lot of uh, you know strong visual imagery. Uh, in terms of fashion photography, I, it's gonna sound ridiculous, but like these guys sitting left and right to me, Robert and Jamie, are, you know, one of the first guys I started following on social media when I first got into. You know, I'm a little more tailoring, a little, a little fashion, and started to you know pursue that kind of photography a little bit more. And uh, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one that likes these guys. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then <laughs> after I, after I met him a couple of times, we all we all ended up becoming good friends. Um, nice. I'm really grateful for that. But uh, they're definitely they're definitely people I looked up to. Uh, I looked up to at one point and, and still do. Uh, they do really nice, interesting things. Uh, and you know, if you want to like name drop the uh, you know classic old school photographers that you like. Helmut Newton's always been like one of those top top nice. uh, people oh, for wow. me in terms of just like what he achieved from you know from a really young age. He was one of those guys who really uh, really pushed the, that kind of fashion photography and you know capturing the both the female and male bodies in a completely different way. He's a master of master of monochromic black mm-hmm. and white photography and just like the way he handles light is 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 genius. Nice, good choice. Yeah. What about you, Robert? Um. I definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Scott Schumann. I remember seeing his work way before I had any interest in photography and just, um, I really was enamored by it because it was the first time I was seeing fashion on a human scale Mm. versus just an industry scale. Um, I was in the military at the time and like I had an interest in fashion, which was uh, a really unusual thing for a young Marine to be into, to say the least. And uh, reading fashion magazines had always been kind of, confrontational to me because it was very like it was very glossy it was very sexualized it was really expensive (laughs) Um, and I just didn't see anyone who looked like me or my friends in these magazines and I just seemed like I was interested but it was all a bridge too far and uh, his blog was was kind of blowing up and I started Mm. reading that avidly and I was like oh wow like you can just be into fashion for yourself like you don't need to be part of this world you don't need to look like x y and z yeah. You can be a really masculine guy and be into this. Um, so eventually that kind of, that that led me into being very interested in personal style. Um, after that, I got more into photography and I'd say David Douglas Duncan, um, huge influence of mine. I think like the way he worked graphically and just the prolific nature of his work was amazing. Um Who else? Don McCullen was amazing. Mm, Uh, I've been really into him like the last three or four years just collecting books. Those guys both covered wars, but they had, uh, I look at a lot of their works and it's so clean and so graphic, it's almost like fashion photography, Mm. especially the stuff that Don McCullen did in um, uh, Lebanon and Cyprus. Like Mm. it looks like it could be, it could all be like Heidi Slimane stuff. Um, And then, What's her name? And there's one more. There's one more name, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it because it's very very French. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fanny Latour. Wow. Fanny Latour. I. What about? Her? She's going to be a classic photographer. <laughs> I think she's already kind of considered that. She's only been around like the last ten years, and 
She does fashion photography. It's very romantic, very soft. Uh, it's a bit unusual. It has an almost like um, otherworldly, other otherworldly, but also all of her work clearly occurs inside this world of hers that she's kind of created, which is, I think, like a hallmark of an amazing photographer. Um, I think Scott Schumann obviously like gave me the most uh, prominent direction and the rest of them I just kind of like feed off of and I don't know how much it influences me but those are those are the ones I kind of fall back to what about you Jamie um it's funny yeah Rob has just spoken very eloquently about him so but uh <laughs> but yeah but Scott Schumann as well like was a huge thing for me not only in terms of the photography side of things but also in terms of men's getting into menswear in general I think weirdly it's similar a slightly similar experience in the sense of kind of at the time when I started to become familiar with his work before I wasn't really seeing any kind of men's clothing or men's imagery or photography that was kind of inspiring it was it was all kind of glossy glossy, glossy magazines and fashion stuff which I didn't find very accessible um, and then seeing Scott's stuff where you know he's starting to cover Pitti Uomo and Milan and Paris and the stuff he was doing around New York and you're kind of just seeing real guys on the street and obviously a lot of the older gentlemen in like, you know, from Japan and Italy wearing tailoring and stuff like that, where I was just like, whoa, what is, this is, not that I've never seen a suit before, but you know, you're kind of like, you're seeing it worn on an actual person, like rather than it being something that's being particularly styled and pinned and retouched or whatever. And so for me, that was always just like one, I was like, this is amazing. Where, where are all these, you know, articles of clothing, where are they available? Where are they being made, et cetera? And then also how does he take, you know, how do you, how do I take this, how do I take this kind of photograph? And so trying to, and that's what got me into kind of trying to learn, like picking up a camera and being like, okay, I want to use this lens and maybe try this and going out and experimenting and just being obsessed at the time with um, like the trade shows and the fashion weeks and the men's fashion weeks and stuff. And so, yeah. And from, from there, I was getting into the stuff that like Tommy Tan was shooting for GQ back in the day. And the kind of the Tumblr era, the hashtag menswear kind of stuff. Like, right. so, yeah, Tommy. Oh, some good shots oh my God. Like, those guys are still some of my favorite photographers. Um, it's such a shame because obviously Tommy's doing kind of, he's gone kind of more into the um, create fashion, creative kind of side of things now. But I still come back to some of those early, like, Pity Womo GQ stuff he was doing. Um, Justin Chung, I love. Um, he was really good. I remember the old stuff he was doing for, like, Ovadian Sons. And um, I love that. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, and those, I still kind of find myself revisiting those kind of, that kind of old imagery that those guys, you know, like, so the mid-2000s and so, um, probably had the most influence on me. And then, I mean, recently, um, James Harvey Kelly, the guy who shoots for um, all of the kind of the Drake's campaign and starts shooting, has started shooting for um, Ralph Lauren and uh, just beautiful kind of imagery shot on medium format film and ugh, it's wonderful kind of seeing that type of almost romantic you know um those kind of romantic looks or that back to the kind of the era when it was it wasn't as quick like i feel with social media and the amount of content that needs to be produced that brands need to produce these days it's like for their website for their social for you know campaigns and lookbooks and stuff it's just it's it's so like it's overwhelming it's overwhelming there's a there's a saturation in the market and it's tricky at times to be able to kind of work through that that field and find the stuff that's inspiring you um 
but I love I love the stuff that James is doing. I think it's really good. I have a. This is going to sound condemning, but <laughs> I have a uh, list on my Instagram. What is it that you do when you bookmark something? Yeah. And I have a list of inspiring photographs because I find myself on Instagram just scrolling. No, I have the but, same thing. I got it. I got yeah. several albums. <laughs> with the, yeah. Purchase and, inspiration, photography inspiration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Photography things. inspiration yeah. because there are so many beautiful pictures there's a few that are truly inspiring. Maybe it's the way that they cropped it, or maybe it's, I find it's usually when they captured a moment of the subject that seemed real. Mm. It wasn't posed. Uh, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot. Of, it seemed like it wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. It just happened and it was mm. caught on camera. Mm. And you guys seem to do that really well. Uh, maybe if you're like me, you take a burst of about a hundred and there's that one that, ooh, that's the moment. <laughs> Sounds mildly familiar. <laughs> what, what are some favorite shots that you've done in the recent past that you were particularly proud of when you caught that moment? Uh, I think the, the first one I think of is um, one of Robert Rabsteiner, who's maybe my favorite subject and also yeah. just like the coolest guy alive. <laughs> um, which I photographed on the, the WM Brown trip through uh, Scotland on the Flying Scotsman, or the Royal Scotsman. Royal, Scot Royal, Royal Scotsman, Scotsman yeah. train, right? Um, and like you said, like you said before, I think like a, a good image is something that in a moment reveals someone, right? And, and can be, have a sense of totality to it. So it can tell you your total impression of someone or express your entire belief about someone. Um, so in, in this case, I took a photo of him and he was uh, through a set of glass carriage doors and we were going by a bridge. Yeah, that, one that one was really good. We were going by a bridge. So I had like a portrait of him and enough of his outfit that you could tell the guy was just exceptionally well turned out and a little bit mysterious. And then you also got Scotland in the background and then through reflection, the bridge that we were going over um, and then it was exposed correctly in the rest of it. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and that's and and that one I'm really happy with, just because it was like it was my idea of who he was, and to me it was a really good representation of what the magic of that trip was and the specialness of this this place that we were at. Um, I could probably think of a few more, but that's that's what sticks in my mind. Yeah, for for me, I think yeah, to just just to. Uh, Reference back to what Robert just said and what J Jamie something Jamie said earlier um, about um, you know having a relationship with someone and shooting maybe people you know or shooting friends and trying to kind of get a genuine reaction out of them a smile or a laugh and capturing that moment. Those are definitely my favorite shots. A lot of the people I shoot on a regular basis are my friends who are also happen to be in the business or you know their family or or somebody I'm hanging out with and I have my camera and you know they dress well or they do something and. When you manage to get like that one shot that's just completely spontaneous, you just crack the joke, they're laughing their ass off, and uh, you, get, you get that frame. Those are definitely my favorite shots, uh, and I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of good friends in the industry that I live in the same city with. I live in Stockholm, and there's a pretty right. good men's wear scene there. Mm. Uh, so I see these guys a lot. So uh, I can't really think of a specific shot, right now, but uh, anything I've taken of my friend Andreas or Oliver or Nathaniel, uh, 
that people surely know of is, is usually a good shot because you know we're hanging out as friends and i just yeah. happen to photograph them i'm not yeah taking photos the photos that you have taken of them when they're just relaxing yeah yeah are probably some of my favorites the stylized ones are also good <laughs> but the ones where there there's a spontaneous uh, laugh or a moment where they're reflecting on something. Well, you know, it also makes the stylized ones much easier. You know, like uh, with Andreas, we we work uh, work together quite often with different projects, and <clears throat> that kind of like friendly relationship we have it just makes working together so much easier. <coughs> because he knows exactly how I'm going to shoot him. You know, I I know exactly how to direct him where what he should do, and it just you know we're much more time efficient, and it just it turns out better because we're really comfortable working with each other. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jamie? Um, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I have hey, so many. There are so many. Uh, hold on, I'm going through my mind bank right now. Um, it's. It, I'd be remiss if I didn't pick or choose some. I mean, I've been very lucky the last kind of year and a half um, with all the work that I was doing on the book um, that I was able to spend a lot of time with these kind of guys who were kind of directly and indirectly involved in the kind of the menswear industry and who very kindly allowed me a lot of uh, a lot of time and uh, kind of access to their private and personal lives um, and I think just off the top of my head um, I mean because I loved the, some of the shots I was able to take of Yukio Akamine in Japan um, that was one of my favorite yeah shots. I mean that was just, I mean he was such a gentleman <laughs> I mean we'd met each other like just briefly at, at pity a couple times um, and he'd, um, you know, very kindly, as I say, gave me like the whole day and he was just taking me to some of his favorite spots around Tokyo. Um, and just some of the shots that we were able to take in where we started off in like the Hilltop Hotel, which is this beautiful kind of 1950s art deco-y um, hotel, which, and they've kind of ma- been able to maintain that kind of facade of it. And, mm-hmm. and I remember the hotel staff just said, oh, we, you know, we have this American bar that you can shoot in and I was just like alright yeah. we kind of went in nobody was obviously it was, this was early in the morning and nobody was there and just being able to I mean he's got such a I love shooting gentlemen of who've lived a life and had experience and obviously you can kind of see that and he's a fantastic dresser and it was just it was all kind of I mean at times like sometimes that doesn't even work and you're kind of just like but that moment that really worked um, so for me that was that's one of one of the shots I very much enjoyed and then also some of the shots of Glenn Alsop in the book um, like Glenn and I have become friendly as is the way these days via Instagram and kind of just messing each other and stuff. And uh, yeah, I was able to kind of go and spend time at his house in East Hamptons. And it was just lovely kind of shooting him around his, when we were in his house, um, shooting him around his family. Um, and at the time, he um, his boy Navy was kind of running around and playing playing with Legos around, the, uh, around their house, around their living room area. And there's a shot in the book of Glenn sitting on this his white armchair and he's kind of again i mean he kind of has a character where he's he's quite relaxed almost all the time anyway um he's yeah it was amazing i'm like i don't think i've ever seen glenn kind of like like (laughs) stiffen up or anything he was just it was and it was great and you know so navy's kind of running around and so he's glenn's kind of sitting in a very relaxed pose in the chair and navy's kind of off frame um like wanting both of us to play because we were it was towards the end of the day uh, of the day of the shoot and he was wanting us both to play with the, Le- the legos with oh, him like, like, and glad was, was just kind of laughing about this and we kind of got this one shot and yeah. that's one of the ones that features in the book um and it's just i love that um that kind of um again it glenn's mind has been taken off of the fact he's being photographed for this project or whatever and he's just kind of focused on his boy and 
Right. Um, I love being able to, I, I had a lot of moments, was able to have access to a lot of those kind of moments for the book, which was really nice. But yeah, yeah that was probably one of my favorites. You get those really candid and genuine shots. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, in terms of like a, equipment, um, do you guys shoot film at all? Uh, I don't at all. I know Robert does a yeah. lot. Uh, I still shoot film on my M6. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's something I used to do. It's something I used to do a lot more of. Um, the logistics of film have really changed mm-hmm. the last 20 years, but especially like the last 10. Yeah. yeah. used to be really easy to travel with. used to be really easy to um, have it processed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the infrastructure for that is gone now. Yeah. So I still shoot it at home. I'll still shoot it for any project. I think it's appropriate, but mm-hmm. not as much as I'd like. Yeah. Do you get like commercial requests for it? Do you have clients who ask you to shoot on film? I've never had anyone ask, but I've um, convinced a few clients. Very cool. What do you What do you find different in the qualities of film versus digital? Um, it's always going to be better on film. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be better on film. There's There's something about the There's something about the quality of it. Something about the way blacks and color come across. Um, I think it, it's also um, because you don't have time to to preview or second guess. Mm-hmm. It requires a little bit more focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something there's something about that slight change in process that I think gets a better result. Right. You don't want to waste film. <laughs> right. So you have to be very paced and well, you also you, you can't be sure, so you have yeah. to be sure. Yeah. Right. Right. So like you really have to kind of like pay attention to your lighting and make sure, okay, it's like is that hair on the way yeah. or not. And the, the equipment is just, it's such a different tactile feeling, you know, to shoot like an old Rolleiflex or an old Hasselblad, you know, versus a brand new Sony. Because I have a small collection of cameras. I mostly right. shoot with a Sony a7 III, and this is, I mean, it's great. I um, mean, from film from film to like a Nikon, which is what I use a lot of the time, mm-hmm. totally different. Yeah. I mean, when my film cameras break, I feel really bad when my Nikon <laughs> breaks. I'm just like, okay, time to get another one. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any attachment <laughs> yeah. to those. But for, I use digital uh, Leica and also film Leica. Mm-hmm. That does feel kind of the same. Yeah. And I mean, the, the setup of the camera is the same, the weight's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you they, find you have an adjustment from like when you s- switch from digital to film or the other way around where like there's a little bit of a... Right, I got to get used to. Right, I'm shooting film now. Or yeah, you're exposed. Yeah, you have to like remind mindset. yourself to expose a kind of a, a different way. But mm. I think film's a little bit more. Film's a little bit more instinctive. Mm. Have you read any? You, you mentioned you convinced uh, some clients to shoot film or for them. Uh, has there been like any technical issues with that at any, at any point where you were like, oh mm. man, maybe I should have shot this role? Or, <laughs> or... Thankfully, no. Okay. Right. Uh, but it does make it does make me really nervous. Mm. It does make me really nervous because you can have a a bad roll of film, you can open up the you can open up the back of the camera prematurely and like wipe everything. Um, you could have a bad processing on it that they could lose the film when they're processing it. Um, every time I've done it, it's made me really really nervous to the point where I can't sleep. But it's come out really really well. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you think about kind of like older photo shoots when you would have to shoot like on 120 film and then you'd have to put a Polaroid back. Right. Onto your camera first, and then light meter the whole scene, and then you know you right. really you know, after the Polaroid is shot, you have no idea whether you have no confirmation whether everything's right. being taken until you get it back from the lab. Well, and people forget that they that there was that there were ways of kind of uh, checking yourself back in the day, and also like that's when fashion campaigns lasted a week. Yeah, you know, and it was a little bit um, 
I think that might have been a better way of doing things. People worked like consistently with teams back then. There was much less content. The pace of work was slower. Right. But it's also like, it's like, you know, when you're talking about Bruce Weber or Helmut Newton, like, that's the mode that they operated in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, not like we're going to do a one day content campaign and <laughs> 16 hours. And Here's 200 photos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah the, the equipment's incredible. It's like, you see, uh, you know, because I have friends who uh, work at like filmography. Um, and um, and another friend who runs a company called Double Film. So there is still like there's still a really big movement, and uh, it's very cool to see you know somebody who was somebody who was born after kind of like uh, film processing places had already started closing and discover their mm. first film camera and the excitement of getting that developed and seeing the different quality of it. It's very much it's very much out of admiration for the process. I mean, I learned it. I learned digital first, and then I went back to film. Mm. Um, and I think with this digital jump and with social media and just like the volume of images, mm -hmm. um, we've gotten very technical. We've forgotten about the value of process. Process is ultimately how, what differentiates artists. Yeah. So the process is the most important. So mm -hmm. what's valuable to film to me is not necessarily like the quality of film or prints or a specific treatment. Um, it's just the way it forces me to work. But I hope that film remains because I think that's a really fun thing for people to learn and experiment with. There's this photographer that I know back in Sacramento, California, Richard Spicer, that almost exclusively, he used to anyway, only shoot with film. And it just had something that you could see immediately. Mm. There was something different about it. Granted, uh, he didn't produce too many. <laughs> it's not like with digital where you can just click away and mm. one of them is going to be good. But um, he had, like you said, very rich blacks. Um, the color, even if it was muted, was very intense. Um, and then he switched over to digital. But when he was doing film, it was just, there was something there that was missing. And he really enjoyed the process. Mm. For him, the process was the best part of it. And it was gravy when the shoot turned out well right and he was able to walk away with a few good ones but the process was part of the fun which i guess is why you get into it absolutely what are some things that are making you happy now <laughs> um ugh, yeah it's easy for me i'm like <laughs> sorry it's like my family the minute like my wife and I, we had a little boy two years ago so yeah we just uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but um, obviously we've just kind of enjoyed the festive period and it was lovely to kind of have that two weeks off where just being able to spend it with family, spend it with him. And he's kind of at the age now where, you know, he can, he's just like, you know, imagination and playing and getting into stuff and, you know, like Lego and like uh, my brother-in-law got him a little drum kit for Christmas. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Like, like oh God. <laughs> Never a quiet yeah, moment. Thank you so anymore. much. Like, where's the daddy? Where's the drum kit? Oh, we lost it. Sorry, we didn't bring it. Um, <laughs> just, just watching him kind of like, you know, make those discoveries and play and yeah. like just seeing the kind of his imagination and what he's able to come up with. Where, so basically, I spent the majority of my Christmas being a robot that um, had broken down. <laughs> and he had been given a toolbox for uh, like a little toy toolbox, toolbox, nice. and he kept like coming. He was like, "We need to fix you." I was like, "All right." So he's just like, "Your knees fixed," and like, and then just having to make robot noises the yeah. entire so for two weeks. And I was just like, that thing where he's like, this he this was his favorite game, and he was just like, "We got to play this for two weeks." And he's just, That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's... Do you yeah, see a little bit awesome. of your personality in him? Maybe some of your creativity? It's, it's funny because, like, he... He's seen me now. Um, so I've recently, I'd recently moved over to Ireland, and um, I've kind of, I've been in the process of just kind of setting up a little, like, very basic um, indoor studio at the house, um, just so I can maybe do some more work at home and not have to necessarily travel as much. And so he's slowly has been, and also just kind of seeing me getting back from trips or whatever, or me packing up gear or whatever. And he's becoming more exposed to and more aware of like what I do. Um, and he's, you know, he's fascinated by it. He's kind of comes over and he's just like, oh, I like, I want to take a picture. I want to take, let me take a picture. And I'm like that thing where you're like, you know, you're holding your, your can, you know, like your whatever three grand's worth of equipment or whatever or whatever. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, like, let's be careful. And because he's just like, he's at the age where he's like, I want to do it myself. So he's, you're right. like, let your hand, I'm like, oh God, okay. Uh, Praying that he doesn't drop it. And I have no idea if that's my personality or whatever, but um, the, his... The side of uh, what everybody says, the side of his personality is coming out now, is he's uh, he's very, he's a show off. He's a performer, so like he's you know getting up in front of everybody and wants to be like he's like hey look at me well, look what I'm doing and I'm yeah. like and I'm I can be a bit like that so and everybody's kind of like he's just like you and I'm like I'm not, I'm like, I'm not really like I'm like and then deep down I'm like yeah he's a uh, yeah that's spot on actually like, yeah, yeah. but uh, no I'm I, that's what's making me really happy right now. Nice. What about you, Mila? Oh, <clears throat> mine's not gonna sound as heartwarming as what Jamie said. to be. But uh, for, right now, currently, this is work. Actually, to be honest, I uh, December is usually uh, kind of a dry period work-wise for me. So I've had a you know a little bit of a relaxing time, if, if you can say that. And uh, now uh, you know starting new, new year, so a lot of fun projects coming up. I just updated a lot of my gear uh, and. You know, as usual, I'm just really, I'm still pretty much fascinated by the fact that I get to do this for, for, for a living because it never really feels like work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the projects coming up and that's really, really the good thing. Happening. Not too many people can say that they enjoy their work so much that it's making them happy. That's mm. a beautiful thing. I mean, it's 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 interesting because a lot of times, you know, you do you do some projects, uh, you know, obviously for clients and you're getting paid to do them and they're fun and then you do similar projects maybe for yourself or with a friend just for the fun of it or because you have some extra time and a lot of times I completely forget to differentiate between those things like the feeling mm. you get doing it is the same thing the, the only difference really is you know sending an invoice and getting getting the money in the account afterwards uh, and that that to me is like I've realized the value of that and uh, mm. and I'm really really thankful that you know not a lot of people get a chance to work that way we're all i mean very incredibly lucky to be doing what we're doing like i mean like any job you kind of get down you get a bit down and complacent or bored or you know a bit you know a bit low sometimes and then every now and again you know you were in florence and you're kind of just like this is my nine to five this is my office which is pretty pretty sweet so you know more like nine to like 12, but <laughs> midnight. <laughs> Some yeah. days are better than others. 6 yeah. to 1.43. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Robert? Oh, I don't know if I can follow you guys. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm consistently very, very happy that I get to work doing what I love to do. And I get to kind of do whatever I want. And somehow that turns into a job. Um that's a really strange place to be, but I'm very happy for that. Uh, most of all, I'm really happy now that, like, when I'm not on the road, I'm home with a beautiful girlfriend. Just moved in together. She doesn't hate me yet. It's been three months. That's like a 
that's a milestone for me. Uh, but that's that's nice. That's a big that's a big change for me because I've pretty much been on the road for the last ten years. Military was like that. Post military was like that. And this is the first time where I'm like coming home and like unpacking and like having and staying furniture. There for a while. Yeah, yeah. And there's a beautiful woman there waiting for me. That's. <laughs> Uh, sorry, now that Rob said that, I, I feel like I kind of have to. I, I'm also in the same situation, but he said it, and my girlfriend will listen to this later. And she's <laughs> she's going to get mad at me for not mentioning this. I, have, I, have I, also, I too have a beautiful girlfriend who I recently moved in with, and um, that is also one of the things that's making me happy right now. <laughs> Glad you said it because you would be very unhappy yeah, when you went home. I just like, <laughs> listened to him say that, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> she's going to kill me. Uh, darling, if you're listening. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming, guys. I really appreciate you nerding out on photography. I'm a, a big fan of you guys. And I always enjoy hearing other people talk about the process, talk about things that are exciting them, because it's those moments where you do capture that shot that keep reflecting the, the personality. You guys capture that really well. Thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks.